Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Oh my goodness. Well, it's so good to see you guys. I hope you are able to conquer your fears in just a moment. That's going to make a a whole lot of sense, that video, uh, to address our anxieties. Our anxieties. That's exactly what we're going to tackle today in today's battles. But I do want to make one announcement, and that is this. We're starting a new group on Wednesday night, starting August the 3rd, and that is a prayer group. And so if you want to join this prayer group, Marta Vasquez is going to lead it, and it is going to be on Wednesday nights from 7 o'clock to 8.15, and of course, who knows we need prayer. Amen? And so if you would like to join that group on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8.15, you are invited. Also, communion will be served every week. So if you want to just receive communion, um, it'll be a great time to be a part of that prayer and communion experience. So we encourage everyone to be there. All right? Um, We have just come off of a series called uh, Armed and Dangerous. And I believe that all of you today are armed and dangerous. If you've been a part of this series, you've had the opportunity to realize what putting the full armor of God means. It means putting on the belt of truth, having this, this truth that shapes our lives. We call them spanks today, but today in the Bible it's called the belt of truth, and it shapes our lives. We put on the, the breastplate of righteousness, that label that gives us the, the confidence to know that we are righteous, not because of anything we've done, but because of what God has done in our lives, the, sh- the shoes of peace or the gospel of peace. We take the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We said one of the key phrases of that message was that there is no bad news once we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You can do anything you want to us. We are going to heaven and that's the good news because Jesus died for us. He rose again and we have the promise of eternal life. We talked about the um, helmet of salvation and understanding that this salvation, this, this, this message that Jesus gave us to know that we have been rescued from our sin, we have been rescued from the, the, the destiny of hell, and we are now on our way to heaven. That, again, is this protection. We can't lose our heads. We have to keep our heads, and we do that with the, 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 um, the helmet of salvation. We have the sword of the Spirit, which is the power of which is the Word of God. And that sword of the Spirit is amazing and and able to to do all kinds of damage to the enemy. Most importantly, when we have the Word of God in our heart, that is the sword, and we are able to defend ourselves against the attacks of the enemy. And then the shield of faith. That is the reality of what we can see happen in our lives, that the impossible can happen. Amen? Amen? That God is able to do above and beyond what we could ever ask or think. That there is no limitation to what God has. And when we have faith, we can face any fear. Which kind of leans into what we're going to experience today. When we put on the full armor of God, we are armed and dangerous. We are capable of walking through any circumstance, any situation, facing the attacks of the enemy. And it's true. We have an enemy, and we are part of a battle. And so this next series, what God placed on my heart, is let's not just talk about the the putting on the armor, but let's do some battle. Let's do some things that are going to be conquered throughout the series. In these next five weeks, we're going to experience God doing things in our lives that are helping us to get beyond the battles of today. And so that's why we're simply calling this Today's Battles. And today is about anxiety versus peace. 
anxiety. God, the, the enemy wants us to fear. The enemy wants us to have this anxiety in our life. And I'm unfortunately very familiar with this attack of the enemy. I'm very familiar in my own personal life of anxiety. I've had it. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed in life. The way I explain anxiety to most people, especially people that have never experienced the the, kind of the, the diagnosis of anxiety, is that when you get ready to hit a car in front of you, or you're, you're, you look up and all of a sudden this car in front of you is really coming fast and you have to slam on your brakes, and all of a sudden this, just this rush of adrenaline hits you, and you feel the butterflies in your stomach, and your head gets light and fuzzy, and you're kind of going, oh my goodness, ah! and you, you feel that feeling. Are you familiar with it? That is what people with anxiety, especially people who experience anxiety on a consistent basis, feel all the time. So imagine life feeling that. And going through that anxious, that anxious feeling like you're going to hit a car, but feeling that 24-7. It's, it's nightmarish. It's awful. It's a terrible experience. I've been there. I've done that. I bought the t-shirt, unfortunately. You know, I've been to anxiety camp. I've done all that stuff and I've gone through it and I know what it feels like. And praise God, I don't feel that today all the time anyway. And I'm excited to tell you that anxiety can be defeated. We don't have to live in that fear. The other day, uh, Brooklyn, my granddaughter was out front in the front yard with me and um, I was in charge of Brooklyn, or at least I thought I was in charge. Um, most often she tells me she's in charge. But uh, my little granddaughter was out there with me, and uh, we were doing some projects in the front yard, and all of a sudden I turn around, and Karen goes, where's Brooklyn? And, I, and she wasn't there. And all of a sudden that anxious feeling hit me. Have you ever lost your child in a store? I mean, you don't have to raise your hands or anything, because there's... No, nobody's going to report you, but um, <clears throat> she was gone, and I was like, <gasps> and then all of a sudden, I heard her voice in the house, and I'm like, you know, you want to get mad at first and go, why did you tell me where you were, and you know, that you were leaving? She's only three, and so, um, but I, I hate that feeling. I don't go to the dentist um, often, for sure, because of that feeling of anxiety that it brings. I'm very, very claustrophobic. It's a fear that I don't, that I don't have a lot of control over um, other than saying, oh, you know, you're in the open, it's okay. Um, but I go through those anxious moments and, and it's an awful, awful feeling. And I think today what we need to recognize is that what we've been through in the last two years and are still going through has created a level of anxiety in all of us that we have to overcome. And I do believe it's an enemy experience that the enemy wants us to believe that something bad is about to happen and we're living on that edge all the time. I don't think that's healthy. It's, in fact, I know it's not healthy 
Suicides are up. Stress is up. Everybody's experiencing this craziness. Medications are going out the, the door like crazy for people who are, are medicating themselves because of anxiety. And if you're here and you're taking meds for that, there's no shame in that. I took meds for a, a year to get over some, some anxiety that I was experiencing. And had I not done that, I'm not sure how it would have gone. So there's no shame in that, but there's reality in the fact that we are all experiencing this anxiety. Am I going to uh, get COVID? Is it going to be one of those moments? I, I, I keep getting this advertisement on my phone about, uh, would you like to sign up to know if you've possibly been exposed to COVID? No. I don't want to know. I already worry about it. I don't want to know. I don't need to know if I've possibly been exposed to it. I'll find out pretty soon if I have been exposed to it. The reality is I don't need another thing telling me to, about something to be afraid of. And so, you know, you may experience it on different levels. Maybe your bills at home are you have more months than money. Maybe you're going through this time where your boss is giving you a review and you're saying you're not matching up to the expectations of your your workplace. Um, those are all anxious moments. And, or or you, maybe you have a child that isn't going down the path that you expected them to go down or, or you're having troubles or challenges at home. Maybe your marriage is going, it, it's crazy. What anxiousness is or anxiety is, it's an out-of-control fear that controls your emotions and even your physical body to the point of paralysis. It's anxiety. It's, it's that butterfly feeling in your stomach of not knowing what's going on, what's going to happen. It's a fear. And what anxiety becomes, it, it goes beyond fear to a fear of fear. And you pretty soon avoid anything that might create that fear feeling, that anxious feeling in your in your heart and your soul. Maybe you're avoiding relationships even now. Maybe you're avoiding the store. You're avoiding going, you know, places because you're afraid that something's going to happen. You're going to get COVID. You're going to get uh, uh, something. Something's going to go wrong. Maybe you're avoiding people because you're anxious about that relationship that isn't going like you wanted it to go. Philippians 4, 7 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Aren't those great promises? And then it says, do not be anxious about anything. Easy for you to say, Paul. Actually, Paul was in jail when he wrote this. So he knows a little something about challenges. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's a great promise at the end of that. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a great passage of Scripture that helps us understand that if we yield to the Lord and we give all control to Him, which we'll talk about in just a moment, our anxiety will go down. And the peace of Christ will rest in our hearts and will guard our hearts from that constant feeling of anxiety, that fear of fear, that anxiety that the enemy would love for us to live in so that we are constantly not trusting in God, but trusting in ourselves or trusting in others to handle or keep peace in our lives. 
I like what one author said. He said this. He says, anxiety frequently manifests itself in ungodly concern about provision, performance, or reputation. And appears to be rooted in incomplete knowledge, lack of control over circumstances, or failure to take an internal perspective on things. I want to address each of these little points briefly as we walk through this idea of understanding that we can overcome anxiety. Although it manifests itself in ungodly concern about provision, performance, or reputation, it's rooted in incomplete knowledge and lack of control over circumstances or failure to take an eternal perspective on things, peace manifests itself in an understanding of who God is, a release of control, and maintaining an eternal perspective. So let's take a look at those real quick. Three reasons that anxiety exists in this context. First is an ungodly concern about provision. Provision or how God is taking care of us. There's some great passages of scriptures that tell us not to worry. And the first one says, or or the the first one that I'll, I'll give you talks about how we get tangled up in worry. Luke 8, 14, this is the parable of the seeds. And this, this particular seed, the, the seed fell among thorns. Thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not mature. And so the seed is thrown onto the ground. And the, it's thrown onto ground where other seeds have been thrown as well. And the thorns grow up. And pretty soon, those thorns grow up and choke out the health and well-being of the seed. The original seed, the good seed. But it fell on thorny ground. And what happens is we often get so concerned about everything in life. What we're going to get paid, how, much, how many bills we have, our kids, our schedules, our, the gas price, whatever it is that we are worried about, we're getting caught up in so many of those things that it just strangles our well-being. And pretty soon we become dead and fruitless in our lives and as a re- because we've been so caught up with all the other worries of life. You see, we... we worry about provision. We worry about God's care for us. Listen to this next passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Again, that's easy for you to say, Jesus. Remember, he died on a cross. (laughs) He got beat brutally. He lived a life completely dependent upon the Father to supply his needs. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Now listen to this carefully because I want you to hear what the birds don't do. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? Listen to what they don't do. They do not labor or spin. Did I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these? If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? 
So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do you say amen to that? (laughs) Yeah. Now I know, and I'm speaking freely and easily, I understand all the burdens that come with life and all those kinds of things. But what this is saying is that God genuinely does care about you and me, that our value is far greater than everything he, he supplies the needs of. He supplies the needs of the birds of the air. He supplies the needs of the flowers and the, and the grass and all those things. He supplies all those needs which are here today and gone tomorrow, but you and I are going to live forever. And he cares about us. You see, the the first reason we create anxiety in our life is because we let the the, the things of life overwhelm us. And we think that we're in control of those. Now, I don't think this passage is telling us not to work, not to be responsible to meet the needs of our family and those kinds of things and understand. uh, But at the end of the day, everything that we are provided with is his work. Your work is God's provision for your life. Your finances is God's provision for your life. The clothes you wear today and not clothes that God didn't have a part in. He had every part in the clothes we wear today. The, the roof that's over our head, the air that's blowing cool air on us right now, which feels really good. All of that is God's provision. And because of that, we should not worry. Do we need to be responsible? Absolutely. Do we need to work hard? Yes. Do we need to to do all that, that is responsible in our world? Absolutely. But this passage is telling us at the end of the day, we must trust that all of those things that God gives us, even our work, is his provision. It's not our own. And he takes care of our needs. Ungodly concern about provision will create anxiety. And the other thing that we need to realize is that ungodly worry about all of those things is futility. He makes this point that what that do, they do not even labor or spin. There's one point in Scripture where it says, can you even change what, how many hairs are on your head? By the way, the whole bald thing, that is not a fear of mine. <clears throat> It's okay. We can't change anything. We need to completely trust in the God who can. Ungodly concern about performance. I think this is a religious issue. I think Christians have a bigger issue with this than people who don't have faith in God. Because I think that you and I have somehow been convinced by the enemy that we are to perform for God rather than to love and worship God. That we are to worry about what God thinks of us rather than worship the God who loves us. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, it says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can, you, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life see the futility there? But then it goes this even a step further. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. It's not performance that gets us 
um, access to God. It's not performance that provides for our needs. It's not uh, this religious experience. If you're here today believing that just being at church makes you a better person, I hope it, makes you, it gives you inspiration. But this isn't what makes us better. God's love and grace and his work in our lives, his moving in our, our hearts. Yes, we get encouragement by coming to church. And I'm, I'm saying we, we should meet in church because that's what it's for. Encouragement and inspiration. These meetings are all about inspiration. But what's real important is understanding that our performance is not, uh, our relationship with God is not performance-based. Because the cross already finished the work. We already are wearing the breastplate of righteousness, that label of right relationship with God. We're already there. The enemy can't tell me that I am not accepted by God if I don't do certain things. That is wrong. And so we are not to be anxious about our performance, but excited about the fact that we are in relationship with God. And everything that comes out of that relationship is a worship expression, is a love expression, is a a gift to God saying, God, I love you. I believe in you. I trust you. And so an ungodly concern about performance is only going to make you a religious, guilty, anxious person. We don't need to be that. And an ungodly concern for reputation. This one's interesting. Acts 5.27 says this. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in, in this name, he said. Yet you filled Jerusalem with your teaching and, and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. These are the apostles that were preaching in, in Jerusalem and they were preaching the gospel of Jesus and they were telling people that, that the Sanhedrin are the ones, the religious were the ones that killed Jesus. And so they told uh, <clears throat> Peter not to preach anymore. And then Peter comes and says, Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. I love that statement. Because it's not about a reputation with men. It's about a reputation with God. It's a, re- a relationship that we have with him. And the only person we should care about pleasing is him. Is God. Not about our reputation with others. Yes, we need to have good relationships. The Bible says that Jesus grew in stature and in favor with God and man. But that favor doesn't doesn't cause us to have to go, oh, I'm not pleasing so-and-so. Oh, I'm not pleasing so-and-so. Oh, I'm not pleasing so-and-so. When you are when we are more concerned with who we're pleasing, that creates anxiety in our lives. If you're trying to please everybody, you're a nervous wreck. Trust me, as a pastor, I've learned this the hard way. You just can't make leadership decisions and you can't make decisions that lead the the church forward and make everybody happy. In fact, some people say that when you know that you have a few people that are unhappy, you're probably on the right path. But performance isn't about anything but pleasing God. And, and, and worshiping him. And it's not even about pleasing him in the sense that you're earning his favor. We already have that. It's about loving him. It's about everything that I do now is unto the Lord. Everything that I do is given to him. And when all I care about is God's pleasure, then I don't have to worry about the horizontal relationship. That comes together because if I'm loving God, I'm loving people. 
If I'm loving God and I'm, I'm, I'm in right relationship with him, then I'm expressing and doing everything that God wants me to do. The whole idea of uh, having a concern about provision or performance or reputation, all of those are evidence of not having the right perspective and why we are living anxious lives. So here are three things that I believe will help us not be anxious, that will help us live in peace, that will help us fight the enemy and beat down the enemy and win the battle of anxiety. The first is having simply a knowledge of God. A knowledge of God. When you know God, you will know peace. Because God is the one who brings peace into our lives. He is the true one. If we actually know him and understand who he is and what he's bringing to our lives, then we can live in a comfort knowing that God is in control. I love the, the, the psalm that says in verse four, uh, chapter 46, verse 8, it says, Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the, to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spears. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. There's no way to overcome anxiety without truly knowing God. Because if you don't know God and we haven't put our faith in him, then it's all on us, right? It's all on my shoulders. It's all on your shoulders to do whatever it takes to bring this anxiety to an end. But what happens is it just kind of perpetuates itself because all the worries of life are on us instead of on the shoulders of a big God. I like what uh, an author named J.I. Packard said in his book, Knowing God. He said this. He says, once you become aware that the main business that you are here for is to know God, Most of life's problems fall into place on their own accord. Listen to that again. Once you become aware that the main business that you are here for is to know God, most of life's problems fall into place of their own accord. Knowing God helps us understand that he is in control of our lives and whatever he's let into our lives is for his purpose, his plan, his direction, and will give us the strength to either go through it or get out of it, which is powerful. When we focus on, on knowing God, we know his omniscience, his all-knowing. He knows everything. His omnipotence, he has all power. His omnipresence, he's everywhere, always with us. Those three things alone are enough to eliminate anxiety. Eliminate anxiety. When I'm going through anxious moments, I'm going, God, I trust you, God. I know you're in control. God, I don't like what I'm going through. I don't like what I'm experiencing. I don't like what's happening here. But I know that you are in control. I know that you are all powerful. I know that you know everything. I know that you're with me right now. And because of those things, there is no reason for me to feel anxious. Do you know God? Secondly, we need to release control of our circumstances. Most of us blame ourselves for what we experience. But if we will just release control of our lives and give ourselves completely to God, then it's at that point that he has complete control over everything we go through and everything we experience. Listen to James 4, 13 through 15. It says this, Now listen, you who say, 
Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Okay, we all have plans, right? Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Is that true? That's a true statement. This is scripture talking. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. I, I, I often will say, you know, see you tomorrow. And somebody will say, Lord willing. I'm like, well, if you die tonight, then I won't see you tomorrow. You know, or if something else happens. But it's true, though. We are not in control. And one, one of the most important things about re- getting rid of anxiety is losing control. And putting our faith in the one who is in total control. Now, if you've lived a few years, you understand that you look back and you go, Whoa, God was in that. Oh, 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 God was in that. And you see those moments where he moved you along. I've been moved a couple times where I didn't want to move, but God put a circumstance in my life that said, you're moving. And so I did. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, that's what you're doing. And it was an anxious experience. It was not pleasant. It wasn't fun. Because I was going somewhere that I didn't plan on going, that I didn't want to go. I, wanted, I was comfortable where I was. But God pressed in and said, here, I'm going to move you this way. I'm going to cre- create this problem or I'm going to use this problem to, to move you on like you should have moved on long ago. <laughs> and if you look back at your own life, that's pro- probably what you've experienced. And if we would just listen to God and let him control our lives much sooner we'd probably not experience near as much anxiety as we do. I just want to encourage you today. Release, let go, let God be in control and say, it's all on you, God. It's all on you. And then just do everything you can to listen for his voice and hear him when he speaks. And lastly, we need to maintain an eternal perspective. We need to know God, we need to release control, and we need to see things from an eternal perspective because that's the way God sees us I like 2 Corinthians 4 16 through 18 it says this therefore we do not lose heart in other words we don't get anxious we don't lose hope though outwardly we are wasting away though we're experiencing crazy things on the outside yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day God's word, prayer, encouragement from brothers and sisters, all those things keep the pressure on inside so that the outside doesn't crush us. For our light, listen to this, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. It's hard for you and I. Roger's birthday was a couple weeks ago and he's 91 years old. Gracie's coming up. Gracie's coming up. We don't normally talk about ladies' birthdays, but Gracie's coming up on 90 next month, and we're going to celebrate that. These guys have experienced life from a a perspective of a long period of time, and we look at 90 years, and we go, wow, that's forever. Right? 
I mean, that's 30 years past where I'm at right now. And I'm like going, 30 more years? Holy moly. But that's nothing in compared when compared to eternity. That's nothing. That's why it says in verse 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Whatever we are going through now is only a moment in comparison to the eternal glory we will experience with God. Yeah. You want to lose anxiety? Just say, this isn't going to last long or I'm not going to last long. Right? Death, death isn't our enemy anymore. Death comes welcome in the sense of that we are going to heaven and we are going to spend eternity with God. And, and yes, it might be scary getting there. It might be an ugly experience even in the process. But the reality is it's only momentary in light of the eternal glory that we're going to experience. That is amazing. And it's hard to do that. I get it. I understand it. I don't want to be ill. I don't want, I, you know, my prayer is that I would one day preach like this and I would uh, lead somebody to Jesus and then I'd walk down, sit down and and somebody in the back, yeah, and somebody in the back would call 911 or somebody in the back would say, oh, good, he's gone. Anyway. Either way, just don't call me back. I don't want to be a Lazarus. Can you imagine Lazarus? Uh, hey, buddy, um, you got to go back. Oh, man, I was just getting my mansion all set up. We have to maintain an eternal perspective. And when we do, then what we go through now is only temporary in comparison to what is coming. Do you have an ungodly concern about provision? Do you feel like it's all up to you? Do you feel like your performance is an effort to please God or please everybody else? And you've become a religious person rather than a relational person? Do you have an ungodly perspective of your reputation? Are you just trying to please everybody? Or are you just simply walking in God's steps? No matter what, we have the armor, the full armor of God to defeat fear and anxiety. We have that armor to put on and know that God is God, that he is in control. 1 Peter 6, 7 says, 6 and 5, 6 and 7 says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he, say it with me, cares for you. Cares for you. I don't know what you walked in with today. Maybe you walked in with burden after burden after burden on your shoulders and you feel like it's all up to you. You got to earn all the money. You got to please all the people. You got to worry about your reputation. You got to do all the right things and you've made a few mistakes and you're now you're like going, oh no, these mistakes are going to catch up with me. God's a restorer. He's a reconciler. He's a redeemer. He's a justifier. He's a God who, who takes even our mistakes and makes them good things. And can make and turn them into good things. You came in today with just shoulder weight and you're just feeling like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. You came in today and you're just like, what is life going to be like? I don't want to live this life anymore. 
Whatever the case is, and if you're feeling anxiety today, I want you to know God is in control. It's time to give him control, right? It's time to know who he is. He's omniscient, all-knowing. He's omnipotent, all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He never leaves us or forsakes us. He's there all the time, and we can trust that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, we can release control and the cliche now is Jesus take the wheel but man there's no better way to ride a car than to let Jesus drive get out of that driver's seat and into the passenger seat and let him take control and let's keep an eye on heaven that this isn't our home and death isn't our enemy we've been promised eternal life and that's a beautiful thing That's a beautiful thing. And my burden for you today is that we would just walk out of here feeling free, stress-free in the sense that we know that God is in control, that he's got us, that he's, if he cares about that, that flower out there, if he cares about that bird flying through the sky, how much more valuable are you than they? Let me pray for you because I believe today some people walked in going, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to carry this weight. I don't know how I'm going to go through this stuff. And today it's release control. Know God. Study Him. Understand Him. And when you do, you'll have an eternal perspective and a trust and a faith that will relieve that anxiety and put it all on God. Cast your cares on Him right now. Lord Jesus, I pray for anybody in this room I pray for everybody. We've all been through the pandemic. We've all been through crazy stuff. And we've experienced fears and worries and concerns that we've, up to these last couple of years, we've never had to experience before on any level like that. And I pray today that your Holy Spirit would just sweep over this place and bring your peace. Take those that are struggling, those that are going through anxious moments, those that are, 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 are trying to release the control of their lives to you right now, Lord, I pray that you just give them the strength and the courage to do that. Minister to every life, every heart, every soul right now in Jesus' name, those online, those here in this room, that in the name of Jesus, that, that we would experience peace, a peace that passes understanding, a peace that doesn't make sense, a peace that is confident in you, a peace that knows that you are the almighty, all-powerful, ever-knowing, ever-present God who knows exactly what you're doing. And God, I pray that that would rest on every heart in this room. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for bringing peace to an anxious heart. Thank you for bringing peace to an anxious marriage. Thank you, God, for bringing peace to those that are feeling the financial burden. Lord, thank you for bringing peace to those that are struggling with a lost child, uh, a, a, a prodigal child that's, that's not in the faith right now. Thank you for bringing peace to those, God, that are working hard but feel like they're not getting ahead. In the name of Jesus, bring peace to their lives. Whatever the case may be, Lord, I pray that you bring peace to this room. And in the name of Jesus, we come against the enemy who would lie to us and tell us that Jesus isn't going to take care of us because he is. And we thank you for it. Maybe you're here today 
and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the first thing to do is get that eternal perspective going by accepting God's forgiveness in your life and letting your sin be forgiven by Jesus. He died on a cross so that your sin and my sin could be forgiven. And today is that day where you can say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I accept your forgiveness. And then he rose from the dead so that we could have the promise of eternal life. That's why death is not our enemy. This is not the end. This is the beginning of an eternal experience with God. And that's the promise of eternal life. If you're here today and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all you have to do is pray this prayer. And you can pray it with me right now. Dear Jesus, Thank you for dying on a cross. And I confess that I am a sinner and I've made, I've I've sinned against you. And I pray that you forgive me of my sin. And I accept that forgiveness because of the work you did on the cross to die for me and accept my sin as your sin. And now today I am clean. Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead. And three days later after you died, you rose and You live eternally today, which is the promise you give me that I will have eternal life if I believe in you. And so, Lord, I believe in your eternal power and your eternal existence, and I accept eternity into my life. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.